We are, we are a ridiculous fish, and you are listening to Rock at, at Night. Night. So welcome to another episode of the Rocket Night Podcast. This is Vlad. And Sharice. Our guests today are two showbiz veterans from New York who have been involved in many sides of the recorded music and media industries. They now have a new project with a provocative name and even more provocative sound. They're fresh off an exotic video shoot for a single from their eponymous debut LP or EP, and we're thrilled they can join with us today. A warm Rocket Night welcome to the duo, Karen Sherry and Jimmy Marlowe of Ridiculous Bitch. So Karen and Jimmy, your sounds and themes project sassy, audacious qualities, and we'll get into that in a moment. But what might first grab the attention of a listener is a group's moniker, and certainly it's liable to prick up some ears. What's the origin of the group's name, and how did you arrive at such original name to start off with? Uh... I can't remember what movie it was. It might have been something, uh, something in like the early '90s. And somebody said, "Don't be a ridiculous bitch" or something like that. And I was like, "That's a good band name." And then I went to see, and the the domain was not taken. So that was where I really I was like, "Oh!" And we had been making a running list of, you know, just fictional band names, not even thinking that we would actually do a project or have a band, you know. Yeah, yeah. For a really long time, so mm-hmm. get a running list, but that you know, stuck. That one stuck out, and uh, it's been interesting because it, it it created a few. Uh, a few <laughs> I definitely problems. didn't realize that bitch was not allowed uh, on <laughs> things, a lot of things. things, things I, I didn't. I didn't know this. Well, I originally wanted to call the band Fuck Brain, so <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, I guess mean, you know that would have been much harder, even. But I didn't realize that anyone cared. Yeah, so, we can't promote the band on. Yeah, you know, they won't let us. You can't like buy an ad or anything like that. It's really weird. On Facebook or Instagram or any of the major outlets, uh, because of that, even with the you know the exclamation point. Uh, so it, 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 that was kind of surprising, and that has changed. It wasn't like that. Uh, you know, a little bit. It's ago. weird too, because if you uh, if you had the name like like uh, if it was prior to like a certain time, like you can you can use it. Like you know, there's free trunk. There's the, wanna, the you know, there's the song "I'm a bitch." And, like these things are okay, I guess. But like, yeah, it's really weird. I had no idea that it would be a problem. Yeah, right. just in the United States. I mean, because bitch is said in mainstream TV. Yeah, that's what it was. I thought it was there to stay. I thought, yeah, I didn't think it was a problem if it was. Uh, but yeah, no, I got, you know, we got kicked off a, a bunch of things. Um, I'm not allowed to promote uh, on Facebook and Instagram again uh, because. Yeah, you YouTube know, won't allow it and. Yeah. So we, that's why we have to put the explanation point. No, no. Even with the ex, uh, explanation. Right. Some we have to put a dot or like a 
space or I don't know. It's very weird. Regardless, it, it still doesn't allow us to, which is fine. I mean, it's we always get around it, but um, but yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting thing because it wasn't there for a while. Now it's back, and uh, I think it was because of the Trump uh, censorship. But um, I don't know why, because I haven't done my due diligence. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't have any idea it would be a problem. It was definitely very. I was like, "What? Who cares?" Now we're stuck with it, and we and we love it. So we're gonna, <laughs> you know, we're gonna trench. Yeah. But but well, yeah. Like, well, it seems like you're playing with the semantic of the word "bitch." I mean, uh, just like the N word, I think some people can say that now because it's a defiant reappropriation of that term. And I think for, with women, it, it conceivably, you could say that you. You well, do that, it, and you declare it, that, but in a cheeky way or a defiant way, it's kind of like recast the definition of that. Oh, like, sure. Gay, I mean, culture. gay culture. Hey, bitch. You know, like that type. <laughs> I mean, and, and, and that's been going on forever, which is why we were so shocked when, you know, that was like a roadblock. Yeah, and especially, I just didn't think anyone cared about that even. Because I nothing is, bitch. very few I things are that. censored anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> except the titles. Like, you could say it in a song, but you can't have it as a title. That's the problem. It's really weird. They're changing the Mm -hmm. rules every day. Every day, there's a new... We keep hurdling them, so... Yes. But yes, as as you were saying, Vlad, it's definitely something that was, you know, uh, a switch around, at least initially, to, like, take charge and, you know turn it around and as a as a power play for because yeah, it's, and... it's almost an affectionate term you know, oh hey, totally. or, hey this yeah. or you know I, I just i was like shocked i mean when i was in college i used cunt rag as an affectionate mm-hmm. yeah hey, to my to my roommates just... and that was fine <laughs> but you know we're you know we're, we're circling somehow i don't know why but yeah. all right and really what struck me is once i once I would kind of process the name, the, the sonics and the delivery and the thematics really just hit me. And you probably saw my review, which you can, by the way, here on rocketnight.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the first EP, I hear overtones of people like Eartha Kid, theatrical works like Sweeney Todd. I saw some of your promotional uh, photos and really it just struck me with that. And even bits of Peaches, if you're familiar with her. Uh, I am. Uh, very very performance are very risque, very in your face, but it, it's a re- reclamation of uh, like a feminist uh, dynamic. Uh, it's a melange of cabaret, I think very gritty jazz and even theater. It's a really interesting confluence of that. Uh, what kind of influences kind of permeated into the group when you first when you two first started getting into it when you know, it got off the ground? Oh, uh, a lot of uh, it was. I mean, it was all just kind of like. Uh, a lot of it stemmed from I had these uh, like old songs I had written a long time ago. Some four actually. I I wrote like this. Um, it's not. I, we called it a live concept record, but I guess it was kind of a musical. It was it was looking for Mr. Goodbar, but as a kind of like as a musical. So it's very dark. And uh, uh, we did that. And I had I had I was very prolific at this time. So I had all these all, all old songs that. I hadn't done anything within a while. They were somewhat fully structured. They had no vocals. They were just music. But um, and so then lockdown happened. It was like, hey, let's make some music. Here's a bunch of stuff I have. And then it kind of just, you know, went from there. 
that was the kind of genesis of it all. But and also, I want to say that I was holed up in my apartment, not just because of the lockdown, but I had, had foot surgery. So I couldn't move for a year and I was really going nuts. So he, he realized that I needed some sort of outlet to do something or else I would make him as crazy as me. And I, <laughs> I, I kind of uh, snowballed. But yeah, and then it just kind of, it just it came from, there was no real, um, direction or purpose it was just to make music and at, and I and I say this too at, at first you know it kind of comes when we were starting it it was like okay okay and then towards the end because again it was during the lockdown I was thinking and it came out a little more aggressive and angrier than I think I anticipated but I'm okay with that it's just it wasn't really necessarily uh we didn't set out to do that it just kind of happened and also when you you know, you're isolated like that. It's all bottled up and it has. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's definitely a different vibe than, mm -hmm. um, than something. But yeah. So then we just made it. <laughs> that was just us. So it just came out of COVID, basically. That's the first sort time of. we were collaborating together or with music. The whole, I mean, it was like a deluge or like, a, you know, a, a whole host of, of different things. COVID is definitely a huge contributing factor but uh but yeah we were sold up and we needed to make something mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we couldn't go anywhere and uh and yeah and we did it on our own because like yeah there wasn't you couldn't it's not like you could go at a certain point to just go and play music you couldn't you know you weren't allowed to flow so you know we just did it all in my basement in uh in chelsea and uh yeah know, 3 a.m. every night and uh, piss the neighbor neighbors off and uh, <laughs> and uh, you know just did that and then figured we package it. Yeah. The thing is, the style is so unique. I feel because some of it is almost electro techno dance. But then I hear like in the song Joker, a little bit of Nine Inch Nails uh, beat going on. But then I also hear the way you're singing, Karen, it's it's almost like Liza Minnelli doing, <laughs> doing rock. And there's a lot of kind of cabaret kind of feel to it, theatrical. It's I can't I can't describe it. How do you guys describe it? I mean, I have much of a problem as, as you do. I mean, I was just this morning, I was asked to log onto a website and choose a genre. And I, I mean, I, I can't. Uh, That's a hard. I always say, like, rock. I don't want to know about it. Just I just say rock and roll. That's always my answer for right. everything. I just do rock and roll, you know, because the, at the end of the day, it's all it really is. You know? Yeah. And there, there's so many sub genres now. I mean, it's, yeah. a, it's, it's difficult. And, Again, because we didn't set out to do anything, you know, set in stone as, as far as genre, it's 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 difficult. But what about, you know, I, I always want to ask people, you know, uh, and turn it around what everyone else thinks, and I kind of get the same answer. What do you What do you guys <laughs> think? Interesting. I found it to be very much a performance art project, mm -hmm. and for me, and it's interesting that you mentioned that you're from Chelsea or from the West Village. It really it harkens back, and I'm showing my age here, 
to when you actually saw performance art from the village and you didn't just see a bunch of yuppies who uh, were just you know, going to bars all the time. And there was very much that spirit in there. Totally. Thank yeah. you. I, and that, I mean, and that, those are my roots for sure. Uh, yeah. And so, I mean, it's hard, it's hard to define. I mean, I, I don't, I mean, this is the only question I ever get uh, tripped up on. We're very, we're very uh, dramatic human beings. So <laughs> there's a lot of extremes uh, in our personality. So that's where the music comes out too. But I'd also like to think there's a, like a cohesive you know, strain <laughs> that like runs through every single song that will actually make the entire project come together. So if you listen to one song, it's not like a, a complete switch from one song to the other where you can't you know, identify that that's the project, that's the band, that's their sound, uh, yet at the same time kind of flip around from, you know, blues and fuse to punk and fuse to, you know, et cetera, et cetera. It all, as I listen to it, it all really begs to be heard live. Like, yeah. I, I liken it to be... Yeah, yeah, we'll... Uh, yeah, great. I am dying. I'm not, I'm not sure what it'll even sound like live, but I think it'll be good. <laughs> I mean, it's been too long, and it's been so long since, I mean, he's obviously, as you guys know, he's been playing live for a while, but I took a huge hiatus, so I really want to mm -hmm. start doing that again. So, yeah, 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 but I mean, like, you know, it wasn't written as, like, a bedroom project, you know? Mm -hmm. It sounded very organic. I thought yeah, 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 yeah. It didn't it sound like, I mean, there are some elements of rock there for sure, but I kind of was like orchestral in some ways or mm -hmm. brassy in some ways, and I couldn't help but get consumed by that. And I think you did a really deaf job in rendering that where it's not too dated. Mm -hmm. And I could mm -hmm. hear that in 10 years being very fresh. I could hear it 30 years ago being very fresh and a bit ahead. So I could dance to it too. <laughs> <laughs> you did. I, I did dance. We need to get out onto the dance floor. <laughs> <laughs> yes. As I understand, you're going to re-record it now with a band. Well, we uh, we did two tracks with uh, Brian Bigleon from uh, Nine Inch Nails and the Dresden Dolls and in the Violent Femmes, and he he put uh, live drums. Yeah, he had on, live drums on Joker and on Blackout, which you know those two videos are. Uh, are out now. Uh, the re-release of Joker is coming out uh, in a little bit, but um, so that was that was the first live, you know, drum track that we had put on there, and uh, and then we're gonna get some other people on it that we have uh, to do the live shows. But uh, we're in the process of booking right now, and I want to get some rehearsals in. Before we do that, I just because my own neurosis. Yeah, so it'll then it'll change some with the band. Like yeah, anything. we're gonna add three more songs that we've been working on. We just uh, started recording uh, a new one last night, uh, which is very Betty Davis, very funky. Uh, and, uh, the Queen bitch herself. She's <laughs> fucking amazing. I, so I. So that she was, you know, a huge inspiration for that. Uh, 
And so we have to scratch down for that and uh, we'll get to the full recording yeah. this week, I think. Perfect. Uh, we talked about the video earlier and having gone to Europe to tell our listeners a little bit about what adventures happened there and maybe any interesting anecdotes there. Oh, well, so I was, uh, so my other band, we were supposed to play in Switzerland for a uh, rock cruise and it got canceled the very last minute, but she had already gotten a ticket. And so uh, on the one ticket to Switzerland, we were able to then turn it around and get two tickets to Spain. And it was kind of just a, uh, yeah, let's go to, she wanted to be a, I'd been told about the Alhambra and it, and you know, I was, and she had been there and she's like, let's go. I was like, okay, let's go. And so we went and then we decided we'll film some stuff when we're there and see what happens. And so we didn't know what we were doing and we just filmed. And then when we got back, we kind of put it together and, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know anything about making a video and, so no, and he we're that. learning as we go, and it's so it's fun, <laughs> you know. I don't know what I'm doing, so I have fun doing it. So we did that completely on the fly, just running around uh, Granada mm-hmm. and uh, other areas, yeah. uh, just filming each other, and uh, while recording that new song, when we were too, you know, scared to stay out any longer because we we're probably disturbing people. <laughs> I, but, um, You're a nocturnal pair. Oh yeah. Yeah, although my my circadian rhythm is completely uh, <laughs> uh, knocked off. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're we're late. We're a late couple freaks. So yeah, but yes, we got to go out and oh, not you, you can relate. There was nobody on the street, so we could do kind of what we wanted, and it didn't seem. And it was super bright, so it was like, hey, we can just film. And, and the so, flamenco dancers. There was a lot. That was a uh, <laughs> yeah kind of pushed into this video, uh, and uh, I think it ended up beautifully. Um, I knew yeah. I wanted black and white, but that's pretty much the only like requisite <laughs> that I had. Right. Uh, but the you know how he filmed it was phenomenal. So. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, you mentioned that it's kind of your newcomers to that, but it really reminds me of like. Uh, Anton Corbin, who did a lot of the Depeche Mode videos back in the day, it reminded me of like Personal Jesus, and maybe subconsciously you've seen that, but it really had that kind of gritty atmosphere and that black and white. Show. Sure, yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, I love, I know a lot about film and movie and all that stuff, but I've never actually done it, so I don't know anything like technically. It's right. so, natural. So we just kind of went with it, mm-hmm. and then you know, I'm like, yeah, let's do this, and then, and then it could have come out terribly <laughs> but you know it, it worked and so and that's why too they like didn't kick us out of the hotel and, <laughs> and better. you know which was so the people were nice and cooperative over there in europe when oh, you were filming sure yeah. they didn't seem to i you know we were yeah we were like shadows in the night we were just meandering <laughs> around and like people were kind of stand up and yeah, I don't they think weren't we, bothering us. We weren't bothering them. It was, you know, it was, yeah. So, yeah. And so, yeah, I want to make videos for everything eventually. And he's doing a different take on every. Yeah. We made a stop motion movie, which was mm-hmm. yeah, very, yeah, very was, difficult. <laughs> yeah. But, but uh, back after the, that, just moving 
their arms and legs uh, doing the stop motion for for a full week was that was that was a bold undertaking, but it was we did it. <laughs> so you know, we'll find some other ridiculous thing that it's probably way too difficult that we'll try persevere. Yeah, very apropos. I was curious, Karen. Have you been in a band before? Yes. Oh, okay, because I, I, I yeah, I've been I've been a few. Um, I stopped. Uh, I guess in two thousand nine. Um, just you know, um, I started writing a few books, and I wanted to make a switch. Things weren't working out with my other bands, and I, uh, I just needed a change. I, you know, uh, bands are, you know, uh, and, but uh, so I, I didn't really think that, you know, collaborating with another person, you know, was in my future. And I was just kind of sick and tired and, you know, used up from it all. Uh, but then I met Jimmy. So, so I know now that there's hope, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I made a huge switch. I mean, I've done that a number of times in my life. I, you know, I was on stage, you know, from five to 19, and then I went into, you know, the band world. Uh, I was on tour with a few large ones uh, until like 2003, and then came back to New York. I worked with the, the Colbert Report people in New York and uh, did a few things in New York. Uh, with another band and I won't mention, uh, but, uh, but yeah, and I, when I stopped, but I really wanted to get back to it. So here we are. And as, um, Vlad said earlier, we would love to see the band live and I'm sure you'll have interesting costumes, I presume. And, uh, or presentation, what maybe? kind of show sure. oh, yeah. you could expect? <laughs> it won't be boring. But I don't know. That's a good thing. Uh, the one good thing is, you know, when you set yourself up by just kind of doing what you want and whatever, you can kind of do whatever. <laughs> you know, like you, there's no pigeonholing. So we'll see. We'll go. We kind of go with how we feel at the moment. And the response from that alone has been awesome. I mean, and like when we took all of our band pictures, which there were a lot and we just work some things that were floating around and got some backdrops and you know we just went for it so but uh yeah we will we will figure something out on stages that's where i want to be i'm not a studio person you know i mean i do a lot of studio work and i you know make ends meet you know uh doing that sort of thing for other people, but um, there's nothing like being on stage, and that's where I thrive. So I need to get back to that. We all do. Everyone wants to. Pandemic slowed things down, and also made it possible for us to make this. But time to get back. I um, picture you wearing like '40s outfits and hats and feathers like, and <laughs> I, I just picture you like like that, you know, very nostalgic. Um, we were talking about 
one of our favorite electro swing bands. Do you know Caravan Palace by chance? Yes, I love Caravan. That's what I was I thinking. Love. I was hearing your music. Yes, totally. Um, yes, I, we saw them in Detroit a couple of years ago. Yes, yeah, they're, they're, they're and I picture you like that kind of I, presentation. Like, we think you would be the op- the ideal opening act for them. That's what that's what Vlad said. Let's get in touch. Hey, I'll, I'll I mean, let's, let's, let's get in contact. Yeah, I mean, I, they're coming. Uh, are they're coming touring in the winter. In the winter, are they? All right, yes. totally, uh, <laughs> I'll hit them up. You'd be the perfect <laughs> support band for Caravan Palace. Yeah. I really think the same. Love, love. And then I actually didn't discover them until like two years ago. So that's mm-hmm. I, that's also serendipitous. I am. Uh, We're all on the same yeah. wavelength. <laughs> and, and, and like they, you have an interesting menace, this kind of like vague menace to a lot of your topics. And you don't overtly say it, but it's kind of implied. It's kind of like in the atmosphere, the overtones. I think that could really be a nice lens to really to bring that out. I'm sure a lot of that would really come very or very strongly on stage. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, I'm sure live it'll it'll come it'll come across a little heavier, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. And more it's aggressive. Always, <laughs> it's always different on stage. Oh, I, yeah, I mean, I I'm a I'm a stage hog. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's a it's a compensation for the hype thing. <laughs> uh, and so I'm a little bit fatigued, but I but yes, I I. That's that's where I, I thrive. That'll be, that'll be good. Thank I you. have a question for Jimmy. Is this yes. departure from some of the other music that you play with the other bands? Because uh, you do more glam metal, I know. And one of I mean, I'll do it. I have a I have I get I get I'll listen. I mean, I like to write and listen to everything. So that has not been you know with my other bands. Yeah, I mean that definitely. There's a definitely a specific style we aim for. So, you know, there's certain limitations, but, you know, we also kind of do what we want. And, you know, that's something I, you know, I'll, I'll always love to do is something like that. That's initially why I play music is to have a good time. And if not, it's totally not worth it. So, but yeah, but yeah, no, I just write what I feel at the time. And sometimes it's, goes one way sometimes goes the other sometimes it works for both just depends what's the audience that you're seeing or who's typically if there is such a thing the audience that you're seeing thus far if you're for your first ep like kind of people or demographics demographics or from the response that we've we've received thus far it, it seems like it's all over the place so i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing but it seems to be pretty widespread from like kids that are into musical theater to like you know hardcore punk people and it's it's uh it's pretty nuts and like just like i have uh issues uh defining genre when asked uh it would be the same with the audience it's also uh strangely uh people all have a different song they like and like latch on to which is always interesting mm-hmm. not like one thing that everyone's like yeah that's great they'll like something each person differently which is cool um, yeah that's that's a, that's a first for me to have someone say i like this song and then the next person says the other one and it's completely evenly killed it's uh it's it's pretty awesome and 
I like Blackout a lot. Thank you. Oh, yeah. That, and in fact, I had an earworm for that, like all weekend after listening to it, going to Ikea. <laughs> you know, I had like complete, it's like loop. No better Ikea soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. When is the Joker video coming out? Um, I think we're going to release it uh, next week. Oh, wow. um, it's all done and it's ready to go. Yeah. I'm just waiting for uh, Brian's uh, drums to be finished and mixed, but it's, I mean, it's ready to go. I just wanted to give it a little bit of space uh, after the, the blackout uh, one. So I think that perhaps this coming Friday, I'm always so terrible about what the timing, the proper timing should be for these things. Uh, but I would say the speaker of the next. And we've got ideas for other videos too. Yes, and we're gonna start, we're gonna start on Johnny Five. Mm-hmm. this week so that should be and we have a great place that we scouted out uh, in Connecticut that's a, been a burning fire for in, a, in some like <laughs> ghost desolate like ghost town that people are not uh, it's uninhabitable uh, and uh, it's been going for 40 years so we're going to mm-hmm. go down there and uh, and film America see so what happens first we're going to do 25 and uh and then, you know, I think he wants to do every. Yeah. And then the process will continue. Figure something out as a band. Or <laughs> it's uh, things are still so up in the air with certain aspects of life. It starts to feel normal, and then suddenly everything is not normal again. And very odd. When you're coming up with material or themes, does that kind of factor into how you're trying to conceptualize that? Or do you kind of like step away from that and try to not to be too temporal or too current oriented in terms of how you look at your material or your, your themes, if you will? I personally don't step back at all and just keep moving forward at, until we're done. And then I kind of take stock, but I don't think that reassessing and, you know, kind of tailoring uh the songs a lot of times for me when i write i i it depends on what i'm listening to at the time and i'll be like i want to write something like this and then Mm -hmm. i'll take that and then it generally never ends up sounding like that but it you know it sparks something right yeah and you know limitations too based on you know i write primarily with a computer so it's not it's not necessarily organic to an extent but it's uh so it is somewhat you know calculated Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. but as far as like yeah you know it's like anything i just play some crap and then (laughs) it it works it works it doesn't sound like crap though trust me (laughs) i mean yes there's a lot of effort that goes into this thank you for that but the start of anything is sort of like yeah here you know we wrote when we were in Granada. That's I had my guitar, and we we're like we were a little too ambitious. We're like, let's write some music, let's go sightseeing, let's go video, let's you know, all in the span of about four days. Eh? This is doodle. Do it all, and that's yeah, and that's doodles. <laughs> but um, so uh, oh, but so yeah, we wrote. I started. We wrote something there, and then we'll finish it. But you know, it's so good. We're very. It's I'm so very. Good. I'm so excited about this one. We're both very, very obsessive with things, so it takes a while to 
this is, yeah, this is it. Finish something. We're a little yeah. bit obsessed. Be okay with it. So. Now you said you have some more songs you're writing. Will you have a complete album after? Maybe added to the EP or? I mean, that's sure. That's, that's the goal. I mean, I want to add three more and then release a full album. Uh, hopefully by winter. Uh, and I see that as a realistic goal. It's hard uh, nowadays because uh, in my head, I still like I still listen to records as records, or like not necessarily vinyl, but an album as a whole, as opposed to a lot of people nowadays just strictly listen to singles and things. It's rare when they actually listen to multiple songs of anybody in a row, you know, let alone something new. So in my head, I always view things as in a full complete package but i know that it doesn't work like that anymore and so it doesn't necessarily sometimes come across that way anyway. but my head always thinks that way right so you could definitely add to this yeah. bunch of songs but then they'll definitely hit a point where in my head it's time to create a whole new sort of package you know well karen you've been in performance art and you've been in the theater and the like I can see how these could kind of add up to be kind of a, if not a narrative, then something that's kind of coherent in a performance of its own. Sometimes I think you're both probably aware of how many artists have taken their songs that they've written like to date, and they've kind of recast them into, well, sometimes in a Broadway musical, but sometimes into something that's kind of a story onto itself. Do you envision maybe subconsciously your songs ever getting to that point where maybe your show when you put I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's subconscious. I mean, I, I approach every thing that I'm doing as a, a, a storytelling venture. Um, uh, and and then if I know, like, as with this project, that we're going to be doing a number of things, that I, those all have to have a common thread running throughout them, which lends itself to that kind of, uh, you know, all-encompassing, you know, project that, yes, I mean, people say, oh, it could be turned into a musical, but it also, you know, it could be just the concept album or just something mm -hmm. that, you know, is is tied together by something. <laughs> what, I don't know. I mean, I, I've heard, you know, a lot of people, you know, with their feedback on the music that we've made already, you know, make mention of, are you going to turn this into player you know, I you know I have no I have no intentions of, uh, of doing that but uh but there's always like a cohesiveness that I, I would like uh mm. as I think any artist would want with an album even if it was just you know entirely musically based so yeah we so. both uh we've both written uh somewhat I wouldn't say musicals but close to musicals yeah. mm -hmm. It's not a music, it wasn't a musical per se, but yes, it was a cohesive set of songs that told Okay. The public theater, the movie, it was. We did it, it was a while ago. It yes. was, but mean, again, it was, it was a very dark, so dark, dark story. So <laughs> it wasn't very fun to perform. That's one thing about doing them, you know. When you go that dark, it sometimes it, it, it hits you later in life, like performing it. We did like 10 shows in a row. And by the end, it's like emotionally, it's, it's very tiring when you do something of that nature. So when you add the, uh, when you, when you, when you really, the theater. Yeah. But and everything, the everything I think lends how we write music or at least how I write music is to visual components as well. So that's just how it is, I think, for 
Carmen, the way at least I look at everything. Yeah, it's very palpable. I like I said before, it's very palpable that there's a performer's dimension to that. That just in my I couldn't help but close my mind or close my eyes at least and picture a performance like in a cabaret where you're yeah. doing just you know mm -hmm. very Brechtian single light, Jimmy like in the dark, mm -hmm. carrying you in the spotlight and rendering it like that and. Uh, mm -hmm. Never know. Maybe like, we'll see that. Like Liza Minnelli would do. <laughs> hey! I didn't yeah. mention Sweeney Todd, which is, yeah. you know, one of my uh, absolute favorites. So, like, ah! yeah, that's, that's, well, it's, it's, it's interesting because, you know, I made such a departure from musical theater because I was a musical theater kid on Broadway mm -hmm. until I was, you know, until I switched and I, uh, <laughs> and I, so that was, it's cool to be okay with both of them kind of converging together. Some I, people get like strangely offended. It's, it's like, you, but no. And I used to be too. I used to be like, no, it's not musical theater. Yeah, yeah. It's but not. it's, I think we're both like, okay, let's do it. You know, like you, 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 there's certain things that lend itself to, again, like, mm -hmm. you know, people, what, what, you know. And especially with the advent of like, you know, Punk cabaret, like I know you guys are familiar yeah. with yeah. dolls and, so and everything. Yeah, exactly. and I think that kind of like paved the way for, you know, a little bit more of a, you know, emerging of the of the two, and you know, cause for people like me to not be like, no, it's not musical theater. I was never an actor. I was never. Yeah. I, I was never on a stage. That's not me. I'm in a rock band now. It's uh, definitely not. I, I think we're both at a point where it's not. Yeah. We don't need to shy away from anything. Like I, I have no interest also in like. I like, uh, I like making a show for, you know, like it's, 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 I always look at shows as, you know, how to make it interesting, even if you necessarily don't love what you're hearing, that at least there's something there, for, you yeah. know, you know, it doesn't, who knows what people like all different things about things you'd never expect. The Ridiculous Bitch is Karen Sherry and Jimmy Marlowe. Where can we find more information about your act? Ridiculousbitch.com. Ridiculousbitch.com, <laughs> yes. And Ridiculous Bitch with an exclamation point on any mainstream streaming service. You're listening to Rock at Night. The introductory song, Get On Down, is from blues artist Billy Bass Alford. Look for his music at ReverbNation.com. <laughs>